everybody, it's Michael. If you could do me a favor and take 10 seconds to quickly subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review if you haven't done so already, it would mean the world to me if you could. I appreciate all of your feedback and support more than you could ever imagine. And without further delay, let's get into today's episode. Okay, so today we have an exciting podcast episode for you guys. I'm going to do everybody the favor and talk about something that nobody likes talking about. It's something that we all love to think about, but when it comes time to talking about money, we lose our minds. It's kind of like when we bring up the word budgeting. You are told budgeting is good, but when somebody says you should start budgeting your money, you kind of act like, okay, who are you to tell me what I should and shouldn't be doing with my money? And you just get a little bit defensive, and that's how the conversation with money tends to go. But here's the thing. I want to help you. I truly want to help you and become a millionaire someday. It is not that challenging to do, and it's something that you know we can all progress towards each and every single day. So when it comes to personal finance, there is one principle that you need to follow in order to become a millionaire, and that is to pay yourself first. Paying yourself first does not only apply to people who are self-employed, it actually applies to all of us. This is regardless of if you run your own company or you work for a company such as Amazon, Apple, Tesla, uh, really any other company out there, should always plan on paying yourself first. And in doing so, you are going to greatly increase the likelihood of becoming a millionaire. So what does it mean to actually pay yourself first? Think about it like this. Most budgets are built around your expenses. So you get paid and on payday, you're like, okay, what bills do I have to pay? How can I spend my money? And then only once you have done so and maybe have some leftover, then you would think about investing any of that money. This is actually the backwards way to look at it. Paying yourself first means that you should pay your own savings and investment accounts the moment you get paid. This is before paying your bills or spending a dime of your hard-earned money at the stores. Simply pay yourself first by putting some money into a savings account for your long-term needs and expenses. This can be anything from putting it into a retirement account such as a 401k or a Roth IRA, um, paying it into a health savings account, creating an emergency fund, and notice how I did not say it pay off debt. There's a reason for that. The reason is because debt is always going to be there. There are always going to be people who are after your hard-earned money. As long as you shop, as long as you do anything, there are people who are going to want to take your hard-earned money. They can wait, though. They can truly wait, but you can't. Because here's the thing. When you start putting money into an investment account at an early age, It's going to gain compound interest and the more or like the sooner you start putting money into one of these accounts, the sooner it's going to start gaining compound interest or earning compound interest and then that compound interest is just going to start rapidly taking off, uh, especially, you know, down the road when you are closer to retirement. Something as simple as like $5,000 a year can turn into hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year if you get compounding interest on your side. So that is why it is so important to pay yourself first. And not only 
is it beneficial to do that? But like you're also prioritizing your long-term financial well-being instead of focusing on your immediate needs such as bills, entertainment, or even repaying some of that debt. You are putting your future self like as your main priority and saving before you do any of that spending. So there are two types of expenses, really. There are the mandatory expenses, you know, it's like bills that need to be paid, such as rent, electricity, uh, things that you need to live healthy, such as food or medicine, and then things that you need to do to work, such as uniforms, internet connections, transportation to and from work, yada, yada, yada. Then there is discretionary expenses. These are variable costs that aren't mandatory, such as entertainment, uh, just clothing to casually walk around, travel, uh, home decor, new electronics, eating out, TV, streaming accounts, gym memberships, luxury car payments, any of this stuff. Those are discretionary expenses. If you wait to pay yourself until both expenses have been covered then the odds of you actually having any money left over afterwards is going to be slim next to none. And the reason for that is because you're always going to find something to buy. So if you get your mandatory expenses out of the way and you have money left over to do the discretionary expenses, then you're just going to say, okay, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. And it's just going to be this ongoing cycle. Therefore, when it comes time to invest, you're not going to have really any money to invest. You're not going to have any money to set aside to create a better future for yourself. Now, you might be thinking, but I need that money to pay the bills. And, you know, just kind of like paying debt, bills are always going to be there. People are always going to be after that hard earned money. Compounding interest cannot wait. By paying yourself first, you are deciding that your long term financial well being is the most important bill you pay, which, quite honestly, it is. It can also help you focus on the bigger picture and reduce those impulsive purchases. So when people save first, they have less money to spend and tend to use the remainder on things that they actually need or that they actually value instead of you know just going and buying something for the heck of it. So what that might look like is let's say you get paid $1,500 every other week. You put 200 of that into... Uh, an investment account, and then maybe like $800 towards other bills. And then whatever's left over, you're going to you know spend it a little bit more carefully. You're going to be like, okay, do I really need this? Do I really need that? Um, or can I get by without it? But if you don't invest that initial $200 and first pay your bills and you know get that out of the way, you're going to have more money left over to spend. And with that more money comes you know, unnecessary spending. It's just going to create a ton of impulsive purchases. And that's what you want to avoid. Once you pay yourself first, then start focusing on your bills or any of the other debt that you have. Your future is more important than your debt. Only once you have paid yourself and your mandatory expenses, should you then go out and spend your money on things such as clothes that Um, You know, you can wear on the weekends or that fancy new TV you wanted. That stuff should honestly be your last priority. Prioritize your future first, pay bills second, and then feel free to spend whatever money is left over on things that you want, not vice versa. You might be thinking, well, I want to enjoy life. And this isn't to say you can't enjoy life. This is simply preparing you for a better future while also enjoying life now. 
because you don't need to spend $200 on things that, you know, are going to provide you just a brief bout of happiness or whatever that might look like. But if you don't pay yourself first, then you're also increasing the likelihood that you're going to have to work past retirement. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to spend their entire life every single day working, trying to get by and make ends meet. So enjoy your life in the here and now, but don't forget to neglect your future. Like, do you really want to be that 75-year-old person who has to wake up every single morning at 6 a.m., commute into work, and really compete with people who are, you know, probably as old as your grandchildren? I mean, that wouldn't be ideal. And so by saving this money now and by just taking those initial steps, you're going to create a better future for yourself. You're going to get compound interest on your side, and that is truly what is going to be your best friend. So how much money can you actually make by doing this? Because I know I've done a lot of jibber-jabbering here lately, but if you haven't read the book The Latte Factor by David Bach, I highly recommend you do so. Like It is an absolutely amazing book. And in this book, Bach shares just how far... $5 a day can go and how it can help you to become a millionaire. So an example of $5 a day. In total over the course of, what would that be, 45 years, right? Your total contributions are going to be $81,000. So $5 a day over the course of 45 years, you'd put in $81,000. But if you put in $5 a day and keep doing that every single day for those 45 years, Compound interest is going to be your friend and you are going to grow that account into $1.5 million. And that's just the power of your money. Once you start investing earlier, your money is going to be making money. So you're not having to do anything, but your money is going to be earning money for you. Let's say you choose to do $10 a day. Same same time frame, after 45 years, your total contributions would have been $162,000, but that account in 45 years is going to be $2.98 million. In just the last year alone, you will have gained probably $600,000 just from compound interest. And if you really want to ball out and flex your muscles and put in $25 a day, here's what that would look like. So in total, across 45 years, the total contributions would be $405,000. The growth of that account is going to be $7,456,000. Now, just know that these numbers are based on investing from the age of 20 to 65 or 25 to 70 uh, while having an annual return of 10%. So the longer you wait to get started in investing, the less you're going to make because the less compound interest you're going to accrue. Now, a 10% annual return. You might not think that that is too realistic, but actually it is. And this is why I didn't start investing sooner because I was a type of investor I couldn't stand losing money. I would check my portfolio every single day, and if I saw it down a dollar, I would freak out. I hated the idea of losing money, and I didn't think that there was an account out there that you could trust and that it would continue to grow and continue to grow. That's exactly what I found. I did research, and that's really what it takes. With investing, it takes research. So while I can say this is what I did, I'm not telling you to do that. 
you have to do your own research and determine what type of investments you want to make because it's your hard-earned money. Personally, I choose to invest in the S&P 500, uh, which is an index that originally began in 1926 as the quote-unquote composite index. So it was basically at the time only 90 stocks. Since then, it has grown to 500 companies that issue a total of 505 stocks. These companies include Amazon, Tesla, Apple, Berkshire Hathaway, Microsoft, really any of the big name companies that you hear of on a daily basis. And according to historical records, the average annual return since its inception in 1926 through 2018 is approximately 10 to 11% on a yearly basis. Now, if you calculate the 3% annual rate of inflation, you're still looking at a 7 to 8% return. Personally, that is why I put all of my money into ETFs, such as S&P 500. Of course, there are going to be years where it's going to be down. There are going to be years where you're going to see more than a 10 to 12% increase. But on average, it will be 10 to 12% every single year. That is exactly what I like about the S&P 500 is that it doesn't rely really on one company. As we all know, there are many companies who, you know, get up to that level of stardom and then all of a sudden there's a scandal, you know, kind of like with Volkswagen. So a few years ago, Volkswagen was one of the top automobile companies. I still think that they are, uh, but they went through that whole emission scandal and lo and behold, their stock just absolutely tanked. You're still going to have a little bit of fluctuation with the S&P 500, but since it's 500 companies and you're putting all of the most brilliant minds into essentially one fund, the odds of one stock or one CEO doing something wrong and creating a massive flaw in the markets, it's not going to happen. There's still going to be 499 other companies that are going to be there to catch that company and support it, um, or at least in the terms of the mutual funds. I will admit that there are also some companies, you know, like Amazon and Apple who do hold a little bit more weight in the S&P 500, but those are also the companies that are like the biggest companies in the world. And so, of course, they're going to have a little bit more weight. But the point is, is that there are still 499 other companies there to help support the stock, uh, even if one company were to tank. And I guess that's really what made me like realize, like, okay, this isn't such a bad idea. I don't like the thought of losing money, and I also don't want to spend my time doing hours upon hours of research to try to find the company that's going to be the next Amazon. Therefore, I chose to invest in the top 500 minds in the business world today. You know, it's proven to help grow your money. And if you think about it, like I had all of that money in a savings account anyhow, and it wasn't like a high yield savings account either. It was a 0.03% interest savings account. So every single year that I had that money in there, I was losing money due to inflation. So that all of those um, or the value of that account was rapidly declining. And so by putting it into something, even if the stock that you're investing in has a 3% yearly return, you're still holding that money. It's better than having that money in a savings account because at least it will be buying back uh, the inflation rates. So follow this advice. Every single payday, 
The very first thing you should do is set aside a certain percentage of your income and put it into a savings account. You do this before you pay rent, before you pay other bills, and before you head to happy hour. Because happy hour is paying yourself first. It's honestly the best time of the day. And the strategy is simple. So it puts savings first. Uh, you know, something amazing happens when you tell yourself that you're going to put aside money for yourself and for your future. And really, once you start prioritizing yourself, once you get used to the idea and see your savings account start to accumulate or see that mutual fund or investment start to accumulate, it kind of becomes addictive. And the more you save, the more you're going to want to continue to save. You can also make it automatic. So my company, you know, with my paycheck, they will split it up over six different um, accounts. So I can choose how much I want going to each account up to six accounts. And this makes it so that without really even having to do anything, the minute I get paid, I can just have a certain amount of money go into uh, you know, one of my mutual funds. And that's super beneficial because just like me, you're human and we humans tend to do bad stuff like forget to put our money into mutual funds or forget to invest or forget to do a lot of other things. So those are just two simple strategies that you can do to really help you increase the likelihood of becoming a millionaire. And as I mentioned earlier, becoming a millionaire isn't as complicated of a process as many of us tend to make it out to be. This doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but for $5 a day, I mean, that is very, very doable. That's cheaper than a car payment. Follow the method that has worked for millions upon millions of millionaires out there. Pay yourself first, even if it's as little as $5 a day. If you do that, then you too can become a millionaire. And it is honestly that simple of a process. So I really hope you guys did enjoy the podcast, found it beneficial and insightful. Uh, if you did, please be sure to leave a like, rating, and subscribe to the podcast down below. Share it with your friends and family. It is all appreciated. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Goodbye.